Hey, everybody. Host Nora McInerney is back for season two of The Head Start, Embracing the Journey, a podcast from Ruby Studio and AbV. In each episode, Nora has a real conversation with real people living with chronic migraine to see how they took action to understand this disease. So jump into the conversation for season two, a show that creates a little more space for empathy and understanding in such a complicated world. There shouldn't be so much hesitation around asking questions and asking for help. So don't wait. Join the Head Start Embracing the Journey and learn a little bit more about life with chronic migraine. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. There's Jerry over there. So this is Short Stuff from Stuff You Should Know. Short edition about campaign money. Yeah. Dirty money. I think... uh, We've done some, we've dabbled around this topic before, but this is a, a little uh, shorty question answered. Yeah, it's a, based on a How Stuff Works article we should call out. Um, but it, it, like I've always kind of wondered this, but didn't realize I'd wondered it. Because I think if I had actually wondered it, I would have just gone and researched it and found out, you know, the answer. But it was like in the back of my head, like one of those questions I didn't know I wanted to know the answer to until I saw the question. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I know that I've donated to uh, political campaigns and then never said, hey, wait a minute, you lost. Did you spend my money? <laughs> right, but did it It didn't cross your mind? I know you never said it, but did you ever think, like, did my money get spent? I just assumed that it got spent five seconds after I hit the click button, you know? I think that's frequently the case, but it is possible every once in a while that a candidate becomes so popular and raises so much money, but then that popularity and that that war chest of campaign money is disproportionate to their actual chance of becoming the nominee for the party. Case in point was Jeb Bush in 2000, the 2016 election. Oh, Jeb. He, he, he raised a lot of dough. And did not, you know, I'm not sure if like the, if there's an equation for money spent and chances of winning, which there (laughs) supposedly is, he bucked that trend. He really did. He had, um, I think he, he raised something like $152 million, $152 million, which was far and away the most of all the Republican um, nominees that primary season um, and did not get it. And that is really unusual. But the the, the reason we're mentioning this is because he had so much money, he um, got caught with some left over. And that's fine. Like, that's not the end of the world. But it does raise that question. If you have millions and millions of dollars of campaign contributions and you didn't make it to the general election, what happens to all that money? Yeah, I mean, and it kind of depends. And, you know, when you say being caught, that doesn't mean that he did anything wrong, aside from, I guess, doing everything wrong (laughs) to not win. But it's not like he was caught doing something bad. He was just, uh, you know, he lost early enough to where there was, a, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars left over. Um, And what happens to that money, it kind of depends on where it comes from. Right. So they're, they're now that um, the Supreme Court has completely ruined democracy with the Citizens United case, um, there are two, two main groups that can be funneling money toward a uh, particular candidate's candidacy. There's the candidate, him or herself, and their campaign. And then there's also super PACs, political action committees. And there used to be political action committees, but now they're on steroids because they can raise unlimited 
funds and spend unlimited funds to help a candidate so long as the super PAC and the candidate aren't uh, coordinating how that money is spent. They're just there to support the candidate in, in ideally on paper, I should say. Yeah. And earlier when I said, uh, you know, if I gave as a, just an independent schmo um, money to a candidate, it is probably mm-hmm. likely that that money is burned through pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. This this these personal contributions, I get the idea that they kind of spin that stuff because you know, and it points out in this article if it's like kind of now or never. If you're not, you're just not like you're holding on to that stuff for a rainy day. You're trying to win an election, uh, and a, one way to do that is by spending tons of dough. So that's called like cash on hand, right? That's when like you, Chuck, wrote a check to Jeb Bush and said, go Jeb, in like the memo. <laughs> and Jeb's campaign went and cashed that money and put it in their account. That's cash on hand. Yeah, they burn through that very, very, very frequently. But there's also like a constant flow of money coming in uh, over time, and their campaign may stop as that money's still coming in. So the question remains, like, what does Jeb Bush's campaign do with that? And there's actual rules for what they can do and can't do with it. Really, the main rule is that after after Jeb Bush drops out of the race or doesn't doesn't get chosen as the uh, the the party's nominee for the general election, he doesn't get to just be like, thanks for the $100 million, chumps. I'm going to go buy a yacht. <laughs> That's basically the only rule that the FEC has. Well, one of, one of a few rules, but that's the big one. Yes, no yachts. Right, <laughs> the no yachts clause. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically you can't spend anything on your personal expenses. Um, right. And why don't we take a break, and we're going to come back and talk about some other FEC rules right after this. Hey everyone, host Nora McInerney is back for season two of The Head Start, Embracing the Journey, a podcast from Ruby Studio and AbbVie. In each episode, Nora has real conversations with real people living with chronic migraine to see how they take action to understand the disease. That's right. Recognizing how a migraine attack can change the course of your day, she unpacks each guest's journey and how they talk to their doctors to find the treatment plans that are right for them. Yep, along with headache specialist Dr. Christopher Ryan and other special guests, Nora speaks to these incredible people who've channeled their feelings of isolation in their chronic migraine journey into advocacy and art. Plus, there are also eight episodes of their first season available for you to binge. So jump into the conversation for season two, a show that creates a little more space for empathy and understanding in such a complicated world. There shouldn't be so much hesitation around asking questions and asking for help. So don't wait. Join the Head Start embracing the journey as they learn a little bit more about life with chronic migraine. Hey there, are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But you can drink water as clean as nature intended. Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater. Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. 
and you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh? Yeah, text STUFF to 2512-928887, and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. All right, so you can't spend that stuff on yourself. You can't say like, geez, um, raise all this money. I'd love to pay off my mortgage while I'm at it. Um, that's kind of like the, the main thing. There are things you can do. They're called permissible uses. Uh, you can donate that money to charity, which would be kind of mm-hmm. nice, I think. Sure. Especially if it's like a, a nice charity that everybody can get behind, like the savepuppies.org or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> this is what I don't quite get. It says, because we pulled from two sources. One says, you can just donate it to another candidate, but I think that's limited to $2,000 if it's just a personal donation. But you can, mm-hmm. can you transfer everything to like a, a pack? I believe so. I think the thing that was wrong here is that that the the person didn't say the person from opensecrets.org didn't say uh, that they can give it to another candidate up to 2 grand. They can give the whole thing to the party right. or yeah, they can transfer it to to a super PAC. So the candidate can apparently take that money and give it to a super PAC. But a super PAC can't give their money to a candidate. But the impression that I have is that that super PAC would have to spend that money on that candidate, either in a future election or if the candidate also is like, well, I'm just going to run for Senate instead. They would they would be that super PAC could fund that candidate's um, campaigns no matter what kind of election they were running for. Right. And it's also highly likely that there's an understanding that if a PAC or super PAC donates a ton of money, and that mm-hmm. candidate loses or, and is out, especially if they're out early on, then there's like a, hey, you give that back to us now. Yeah, especially with a super PAC, because super PACs, from the impression I have from researching this, are basically like a handful of extraordinarily wealthy billionaires who are saying, yeah, this is our guy. We want to back this person for their, their presidential campaign. And then if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, they get their money back eventually that, that was unspent. Um, that happened with Rick Perry. Uh, he got, he, I think he had like $13 million in unspent funds, which um, that was his super PAC. And the reason that they knew that he, he didn't even make it to the primaries. And the big disparity between Rick Perry's um, campaign and super PAC was that he, he couldn't raise more than like a million, a million and a half dollars. His campaign couldn't, which is bad news for your campaign. His PAC raised a bunch of money because there were a couple of billionaires in Dallas who were basically funding the PAC. So when, when it came down to the, the, the wheels hitting the, the pavement and Rick Perry's campaign couldn't raise that kind of money, he knew it was time to get out and his super PAC contributors got their money back. And then, you know, how I was talking about people spending, uh, like a, a lot of times a candidate will actually um, be in debt. So, like, not only do they spend, um, Scott Walker is a good example of this, Wisconsin mm-hmm. governor. Mm-hmm. He, when he dropped out in September 2015, um, he had a million dollars in debt. So, he, he burned through that money. So, it's not like there was anyone he could, there was no money to return. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. So, like, you can be in debt your campaign can be in debt. And if you're wealthy, 
that's okay. Um, there's ways for you to to make that money back to retire that debt. You can create fundraisers over time, but that's really difficult to get people to contribute to your campaign that's already lost so that you can retire debt. Um, but if you're not wealthy, you might have taken out like personal loans along the way from banks. Right. And that means that you, the candidate, have personal loan obligations for the rest of your life from this campaign that was unsuccessful. So it can be really nerve-wracking to run for office and not win or not become the nominee because if you are in debt, uh, you can get caught with that. Um, and it gets written off. Anything over $250,000 that you loan to your campaign gets written off as a donation. You're, it's gone forever um, after 20 days after the election. Yeah, and in the case of like a Donald Trump... Uh, or I guess rather anyone in the first term of what they hope is going to be a two-term affair, mm-hmm. uh, if you've just got all this money raised and then you didn't spend it, your campaign is still an entity. It's still an ongoing entity. It's not like they dissolve that while you're in office and then you have to restart at the end of your of your term again. Like he just basically, like anyone would, keep that money in the coffers for – the second terms campaign. So that's um, that's what happens to the unspent money. It, uh, it just evaporates if you really want to think about it. Uh, and uh, thank you for joining us on Short Stuff. We'll see you next time. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. <laughs>